Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women burning out in mission-driven work. Starting with season two, we're going to spend time talking with three types of guests, women experiencing burnout in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who serve them, and with others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations, in particular with individuals looking to implement innovative ways to fund the holistic health of these women. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by EAT, Your Way to Health, my group health coaching program for women burning out in mission-driven work. What makes this program different from other programs? For one thing, we focus on the stresses that are specific to mission-driven work. Perhaps even more importantly, scholarships are available, my way of making health coaching accessible to everybody. For more information or to apply for the March 2021 cohort, go to is good that's is.gd slash eat your way to health or follow the link in the show notes and if you're not in need of coaching and are looking to do some good in the world consider donating to the eat scholarship fund details at simplyhealthcoaching.com slash gift and that link is also in the show notes hello i'm here today with chrissy kyles Chrissy is a higher education professional with almost four years of experience in student affairs. She currently works in career services full-time by day, but she's also worked in a federally funded grant program called Gear Up and uh, Diversity and Inclusion. And Chrissy is actually much younger than most people I've spoken to, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast because I would love to have somebody like Chrissy to speak to, you know, what can we do to catch burnout even earlier? So by evenings and weekends, Chrissy is the host of the Bliss with Chris podcast, which focuses on college, careers, social justice issues. She's been podcasting for about seven months, probably a little bit more now, and enjoys being able to use her platform to empower others in sharing their stories and educating listeners. And to top it all off, because that's not enough, Chrissy is currently applying for a master's in mental health counseling. So welcome, Chrissy. Thanks for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. And first off, I want to say um, I turned 29 this year, which I know is not old at all, but the closer I get to that, I just find that I love talking to people older than me because it's like, wow, now that I've been through almost a full decade of my 20s, yeah. um, there's just so much wisdom in talking with people that are older than me. And I look forward to, you know, my next decade of life. Ah, yes, I'm so <laughs> glad to hear that. I hate it when people are just like, oh God, I'm almost 30 or, oh, I'm turning 40. It's just like, oh my gosh, life gets so much better the older you get. <laughs> 
it. <laughs> so welcome again. And um, I warned you, my first question is always the same. As a health coach, I talk about our food and lifestyle choices as kale or kryptonite. And that means that they can either really deeply nourish us like kale or toxify us like kryptonite. Some of them, of course, are kind of neutral, but a lot of them fall either kale or kryptonite. So tell us, what do you do on a daily basis that is your kale? What nourishes you really deeply that you try to do every day? Yeah, I'm going to say coffee. And um, I drink black coffee, have been drinking black coffee for almost two years. At first, I kind of just thought it was gross. And I'm like, how do people do this? But then I think it took me probably about a month to get used to it. And I still will go out and buy, you know, Starbucks every now and then. Um, but those, those coffee drinks that are actually desserts, those, yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like the flavor is just, in its purest form with black coffee. So Excellent. I, I do drink coffee pretty much every morning. Um, and I try to limit that to two cups max because I know it can, even though it is black coffee, it's still maybe not too good for you if you drink more than that. So right. Yeah. No, I love that because you're, you're absolutely right. Like sometimes our kale actually can become our kryptonite, like black coffee. Great. Couple cups. No problem. If you drink it all day long, you're going to have a problem. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So that part of getting older is not so good. It gets harder and harder to drink coffee. <laughs> so what about your kryptonite? What, what sneaks in sometimes that maybe isn't quite so nourishing? <laughs> I'll stay with drinks. Dr. Pepper is my mm. kryptonite. Um, I like Dr. Pepper, but it's funny. I could tell when it's the stressful point of the semester, cause I'll find myself just like almost depending on it and I'm drinking way too much. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm not as stressed. The semester just started, but I'd say probably about March, April is whenever I find myself drinking more Dr. Pepper. And I'm like, this has got to stop because it just starts a spiral. You know, you start to, I start to feel crappy because I'm drinking so much pop and then yeah. I start like breaking out and then yeah. it's just... It's a vicious cycle, but that's definitely my kryptonite. Yeah. So sticking with the drink theme. I like that. <laughs> Great. Well, Chrissy, tell us about what it is you do and how you came to do it. And along the way, you can tell us about your own sort of burnout experience. Yeah. Um, so I've been in higher ed now for four years. I've worked in a couple different areas, but how I came into higher education, I'd say just my exposure to um, higher ed and my own college journey. Um, I actually was um, a major in family and consumer science education, which is basically home ec. Um, oh, wow, it has a fancy name now. Yes, yes. It sounds very uh, professional, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. It's rebranded. It has. It <laughs> this has. is not your mother's home ec. <laughs> it's not anymore. Um, so I thought I wanted to teach in the high school classroom. I loved the high schoolers um, still to this day. But then I was like, wait a minute. I had so many good mentors in my own college life. And I was like, outside of professors, there's other jobs in higher education. <laughs> so... I credit just my own college experience plus my mentors into being like, okay, I can still work in education somehow. 
and not necessarily your traditional K-12 teacher, but working in higher ed. So that's how I came to be higher education. That's really, I love that because I mean, when we think about higher ed, it's just like, well, you could be a professor <laughs> or you can be an administrative person or right. you know, a researcher, but there's, yeah, there are other things to do in there. Right, right. And just in education overall, whether you're K-12, higher ed or whatever, I think burnout definitely happens, especially this last year with the pandemic. Um, and I could talk about my burnout just with the pandemic. Yes, <laughs> let's talk about that. Yes. So, um, of course, we're almost a year in now, but I remember it was so day to day um, in March. And it was, yeah. I remember my supervisor coming in like, every day at like four to tell us her latest update from like her associate dean which was her boss and it was so in flux like maybe we might work from home temporarily or um maybe we might do some like hybrids so partially at home partially in the office and then it seemed like all of a sudden like everything hit the fan and i was in the office like that monday and I think Tuesday and then Wednesday we were working from home like it happened in the middle of the week when we yeah. made the switch so we worked from home from March through July so that in itself was exhausting because you were always at home yeah. like there was no um, separation of work and home life because it was all thrown together so um, we transitioned to working back in the office in August and by September, I felt like, oh my gosh, how are we going to finish the semester? It's only September. <laughs> I am exhausted already. So luckily, um, I have a really good relationship with my supervisor. And I was just like, I think I'm going to use some um, annual leave just to take a day off. It was like a random Friday. I made sure it wasn't a heavy traffic day so that, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have to move things around. But yeah, I love that you did that because when you think about it, we don't know how long this is going to last. And really, what are the chances we're going to take a vacation and actually go somewhere? It's like, why not use those days? <laughs> and I think that's what it is. I think there's like kind of a guilt around taking leave for like more personal days and not like a yes. vacation. And it's like, no, your leave is your leave to use. And I think we feel like we have to hoard it and be like, well, what right. if I want to take a vacation? Yeah. Well, that's probably not happening, at least probably till summer. I'm trying to be optimistic. About yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I think that's so brilliant. And that really is something that, that I think a lot of people don't think about, which is, oh, you're accruing vacation time. And for some people, it expires. You, it doesn't actually add up. So why not use it and just give yourself a mental health day? I, I love that. Yeah. Great. So tell us a little bit about what you do when you are advising your, your students uh, about careers. And I would like you to think specifically about like, how do you help them look for something where, you know, 10, 20 years from now, they're not going to look back and be like, oh my God, I'm so burned out. This was the worst choice I could have made for a career. <laughs> Yes, um, I will say that, first of all, I think taking pressure off of them. So I think sometimes what happens with students is they feel like this one de decision about their career locks them in for life. And it's yeah. like, 
no, it doesn't lock you in for life. People change careers all the time. We're discovering new, um, new positions all the time. You will experience something maybe that will spark you to change your career or pivot. Um, so first of all, I think just like kind of giving them permission to not put that much pressure on themselves for right now. Um, but being realistic, like, you know, you do want to go to college and like what you're studying, but right. um, you can always go back for a master's degree if you want to. So you don't have to spend four years doing another degree instead, yeah. maybe look for a certification or a master's program or something like that. Um, but I, I work with education majors actually. So I think between those students and I work with child and family services as well, I feel like these two specific populations are already noticing, like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, seeing the effects with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I think educators are a group that just, the pandemic hit them so, so hard. And still, you know, I have friends who are, who are K through 12 educators, and I have friends who are academics at higher education levels, and they're really struggling. <laughs> really struggling to figure out like online school and then oh are we really online oh now we're you know hybrid oh no now we're back to home and yeah <laughs> speaking of pivoting yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so how are you finding um your conversations with students now i mean other than saying whoa am i really majoring in the right thing <laughs> what what's their sense about where they're going and, and why. Yeah, it's scary. Um, I also work with our um, interior design and uh, merchandising students, fashion merchandising. So that industry, I feel like students were having a hard time not only finding jobs, but internships even. Yeah. Um, so um, the conversation looks a little bit different than with, you know, education students, because there's always going to be teaching jobs. Mm -hmm. no matter what. But when you're in an industry that has been economically impacted by the pandemic, it is a tougher conversation. <laughs> Suddenly everyone's changing their major. Right? <laughs> yes. Or they're just doubting. It's not that they don't like their major. They're just doubting um, the potential to have a career in that major. Um, especially I would say merchandising the most because yeah. a lot of stores have been hit hard, uh, retail stores. But um, the bright side now are, is that things are opening up slowly for especially the um, fashion industry with merchandising. It's just, I tell them, you know, you might have to be open to interning somewhere or having a job somewhere in a place you didn't imagine yourself being as your first job and then you know put your year or two in and then you can move from there um with education i think the most conversations i have outside of going to graduate school is um you know i don't know if i could handle this as a teacher um realistically so you know I never tried to make a student stay in something because it sounds like the right thing to do, yeah. but I try to give them the full options, you know? So something like saying, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. I feel safe enough yeah. to say we're yeah. not going to be in this forever, but 
are you questioning it because of the current climate we're in or are you truly unhappy with being an education major? So I try to give students the full picture that sometimes it's hard for them to see because they're in the thick of trying to make that decision. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where my conversations are with students. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I'm thinking back to when I was in college, you know, back in the dark ages. Um, but I, I remember a conversation with a career counselor that was so interesting because she said, you know, so I'll tell you a funny story. I was a, a Mandarin Chinese language and literature major. Like what, right? <laughs> so um, it was really interesting because this career counselor said, if you think of yourself as a Chinese major, you are super limited in what you can do, right? You could teach, you could translate, you know, there's not a whole lot that you can do with that. However, if you think of yourself as someone who majored in Chinese, then you have this whole window open up where you're like, oh, so I could take those skills and do something with the skills, even if I don't do anything with the Chinese, right? And so here I am, you know, <laughs> let's see, that would be uh, many, many years later. I'm not using my Chinese at all. Although in my work as a health coach, believe it or not, I'm often thinking about how, oh, I'm actually still teaching a foreign language to people. Like health has become a foreign language to a lot of people. And so when I think about it that way, I'm like, oh, mom, dad, you know, don't worry about it. Your money was well spent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what happened with you or, or what do you do now when you are feeling really overwhelmed and headed towards burnout. Cause I know we were talking about this before we started recording and it was just like, wait, it's only the middle of September. How can that be? <laughs> yeah. I'm already trying to figure out, okay, what day can I use as my random Friday off? <laughs> Excellent. So using those vacation days. Yes. Yeah. And I live in a rural town. So, um, luckily it's, it's about 45 minutes to an hour from where I went to college. Uh, so I find myself going back there because they have a target and we don't have <laughs> <laughs> retail therapy. <laughs> yeah. So it's a nice getaway from being around yeah. the college students and yeah. going to like do small things that I enjoy. Right. Like even small getaways. I love that. That's so smart because it really is, you know, our world got very, very small this year. And I just love that you're taking advantage of A, using vacation time and B, actually going somewhere. Yeah, it may, may not be very far, but it's it's going somewhere. <laughs> I was saying that I took my daughter back to college this past Friday and it, it felt positively illicit. I was just like, <laughs> I'm going across state lines. <laughs> It felt very weird. And it did make me realize like, wow, my, my geography has really, really shrunk over the past 12 months. Yeah. But it's made me just think about like small trips I can make even Oklahoma. I know Oklahoma seems very small, but there's a lot to do out here. And so I'm like, okay, what's, what trips can I actually make in my own state? Mm. It might not be the same as going, you know, to maybe Texas or Kansas or whatever. Right. Yeah, find pleasure in the small things. Yes, I think that's beautiful advice, actually. Find pleasure in the small things, definitely. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about in your work, what what about being a woman in this in this work and working with female students? What really excites you, challenges you? 
Man, what challenges me? Um, just the nature of the students I work with, um, heavily female dominated industries, you know, education, mm -hmm. mostly female. Um, the design programs, mostly female. Mm -hmm. And um, the child and family services, mostly female. So um, I think sometimes students question their decision about majoring in any of those areas just because they are females, because yeah. they they saw other females, especially teachers um, growing up. And so sometimes they might feel that they limit themselves based on how, um, what gender dominates that career, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I think they question themselves when it right it might really be what they want to do but is it just because they are female or is this really mm. you know um what truly makes them happy and what they can see themselves doing for a while so that's the challenging part because yeah. you know it's hard to pick that um pick that apart because it's different for different people. I yeah. even sometimes have questioned myself, like, you know, am I in education just because, you know, <laughs> I saw so many uh, females both in, um, I will say it was flipped in higher ed. A lot of my professors, well, I'd say it was probably close to half and half, half female, half male, but higher ed is definitely um, male dominated, especially as you get to the top. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the challenge. Yeah. Um, the exciting part though, is, um, meeting with students for career consultations, because that's where we get to talk really about them for that 45 minute window. Um, it's a nice change of pace from doing like resumes or mock interview preparation because you can only get so deep with a resume, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so just the conversations and learning about the students um, each time. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's shocking what they remember most about that appointment because I'm like, oh, I said <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Hopefully the reaction is, oh, damn, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's the most rewarding part. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably very interesting, actually, to, I mean, it's very much a, a coaching role where you are trying to pick apart, like, what, what are your intentions? Like, what are your motivations? And what are your intentions? And how can we make sure that where you're headed is actually in really strong alignment with who you are as a person, not just what you're studying. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so thinking ahead, um, putting yourself putting yourself in, in a woman's shoes who has already been in a career for a while, whether it's education or fashion merchandising or what, you know, whatever. Um, women who are burning out in these roles, what, what would you say to them could, could help? Yeah, I think it's easy for people to think like, well, why don't you just quit your job? And I never would say that particularly <laughs> because you never know. People might have to work just for necessity. Um, yeah, to make can't make assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say instead of if you have the flexibility and think it's ready, it's time for you to move on, then I would say go for it. Uh, but if you don't have that flexibility, I would say see if you could find things even within where you are currently, um, whether that's um, 
trying to take on a different responsibility or um, kind of doing cross training or find something challenging um, to do where you are now. And even if you can't find that within your career specifically, maybe it's doing something in your personal life um, that's going to maybe kind of spark your interest and maybe get that fire back going. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's great advice. And it really, it reminds me of, of what we were taught when we were going through health coach training, which was, you know, really there are two things you can either love what you do, or you can do what you love. Right. So if you, if you cannot, if you do not have the opportunity to do what you love as a career, you can certainly find ways to do it in your personal life. And if you're really lucky, then you just love what you do (laughs) or you find ways to love what you do. And I think that that's, that's super important because I think, you know, careers really are one of our, our major, major primary foods. And I think stress in our career is one of those things that really, really affects our secondary food. Like the people who are unhappy in their careers and really feel like they can't move or they can't figure out a way to like what they're doing. Those are the ones whose relationship with the food they put in their mouths is really problematic. (laughs) Yeah. That's when they're going for the Dr. Pepper. (laughs) 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 So speaking of doing things on the side, I know that you have a business on the side and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, so I have a podcast. I've been doing it now for um, nine months. So almost a year in. Um, I mostly talk about um, higher education um, issues that young professionals face and social justice on the podcast. Mm. In November, I started Mental Health Apparel. So I started, I, I love to design things on like Canva. And I was just kind of bored not bored one day but I was like I wanted to use the creative side of my brain that in yeah. that particular moment and I just came up with like a couple of designs and I was like hmm, I wonder how this would look on um, a t-shirt and on a mask so um I have um a t-shirt and a mask online right now but I'm working on getting more apparel and designs um in stock currently but um I would say the most popular item right now is the um, mask and it says, give yourself grace. (laughs) Yes. Give yourself grace. I love that. And yes, masks have become the it fashion accessory, right? (laughs) Yeah. So say more about, about your company. It's called bliss with Chris. So tell us, tell us where the name came from. (laughs) Well, I like to rhyme first of all. Mm. um, (laughs) My name is Chrissy. So I just took the Chris part of my name. My mom calls me that sometimes as a nickname. Um, so I was like, what word, what word rhymes with Chris? And so bliss. Perfect. I was like, okay, I can put this together. And, um, it's funny because, um, there's a, a bookstore here where I live called bliss books and their whole, uh, philosophy was behind the quote, follow your bliss. And it will, um, lead you to doors that no one else can open for you. I'm kind of paraphrasing it. Yeah. Not the exact word for word, uh-huh. but, but yeah, I think we've all heard follow your bliss. I'm not sure I ever heard the last part of that quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's by Joseph Campbell. I do remember that. Uh-huh. I don't remember the full quote, but, um, but it was just like, okay, because, I feel like bliss is individual to each person, you know, what makes me happy is not going to make you happy. And so, um, 
that's my goal is to help um, people that are either in college or starting their career journey to just be in alignment with themselves as they um, start their life um, as a young professional. Hmm, I love that. Yes. And hopefully they'll start, they'll start their career in alignment and it, they will stay in alignment whether they stay in that career or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So tell us your website, how we can find you. Yeah. Um, my main website is Bliss with Chris and it's Chris with two S's. So C-H-R-I-S-S. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They're all the same, Bliss with Chris. I would say um, Instagram is more so my jam than the other mm-hmm. two outlets, but I am on them. So if you um, are on Instagram, that's the place to be, I would say. Okay. To, um, follow me. So that's how I can be found online. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I'm so excited, A, to have someone young on the podcast and B, to have someone in education on the podcast. You're you're a first for both of those. So thank you for being the first. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for having me, um, especially being, you know, like you said, I am young, but I mean, I think there's value in um, learning from each other, no matter yes. what, where you are at in life. Yeah. And when you opened with saying, you know, I may be young, but I really, I'm starting to appreciate the older generations. I'm like, and the older I get, the more I appreciate you guys. (laughs) Keep me young, please. (laughs) Thanks again, Chrissy. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. And Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor as well as through some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.